Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to part two of episode 51 of Why Are People Into That? the podcast that treats you like a human ATM. This month's guest is Lorelai Lee. In part two, Lorelai and I discuss the health risks and rewards of picking up dollar bills with your pussy. Okay, New York City, there's still plenty of upcoming chances to see me in person. The Sex Expo is right here in Brooklyn on September 23rd. And I'm doing a very special crossover podcast recording there with Jacqueline Friedman, host of the Unscrewed podcast. Thank you to everyone who came out to the first edition of my new Wire People Into That live series at the Pleasure Chest. It was a huge success. And the next one is going to be all about sexy monsters. That's October 5th with special guests Kristen Corvette, author of Witches, Sluts, Feminists, and Katie Skelly, author of My Pretty Vampire. Also on the Halloween theme, I'm teaching a class about fetish gear and other erotic attire. That is October 11th at the Pleasure Chest. Check back to tinahorn.net slash live for updates and details on all of my events. Follow at Tina Horn's ass on Twitter and Instagram. Say hi on Facebook where I'm trying to lurk more often. And visit wiredpeopleintothat.com, which is undergoing some renovations right now. If you want the full episode guide to all four years of the show, the best place for that is going to be acast.com slash Y-A-P-I-T or on the Acast app. If you like Wire People Into That, please consider voting with your dollars by pledging my Patreon. That is patreon.com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N. Subscribe to this podcast on Acast and iTunes, and please take a few seconds to write a review and tell your friends about the show. It is so easy. You can just say something really brief and sweet, like what Crazy Legs 27 did when they wrote, This is the most thoughtful, intelligent, in-depth discussion of kink I've ever heard. Can't wait to binge the old episodes. Five stars. It's that easy. So, scrub all your dirty money and hang it up on a clothesline to dry as you tune in to part two of Why Are People Into Cash? Is marriage institutionalized 
socially approved, morally approved financial domination. Oh, hot takes, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we can write 17 Ouch. essays Ooh, about uh, this. That takes so hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want me to approach it from a from a feminist perspective? You want me to talk about queering of marriage? Like, you want me to talk about class dynamics and I mean history of gender I mean you said it not me (laughs) like literally how many how many analyses could we put on this like really one million I don't I mean how much time you got yeah I I can I can probably make arguments 17 ways I don't have the point of me saying this is that I don't think there's a truth sure uh but I, I don't think there's a true answer to this question um and I certainly don't think there's a I think it answering this question relies on a thinking that you have a common common understanding of what marriage is Mm. thinking that you and your reader share some um you know assumptions about the dynamics within relationships or the dynamics within a marriage like we can certainly put an analysis on it based on like a donna reed marriage or like you know like 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 this what is this this like i deal of marriage that's based on like 1950s television but 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 marriage has changed like endless times and ways through like the definition of what marriage is no there is one way to do it and you have to do it that no no right like yeah no but it's kind of the it's it is also the 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 brain explodey um uh progression too where it's like marriage is one way and then the brain lights up and you're like marriage can be other things and then the brain explodes when you're like their marriage is not anything (laughs) actually i mean slash everything slash it is a very very specifically defined relationship that the state is involved in Mm -hmm. um slash it is a very specifically defined relationship by various churches uh but of course even those understandings of what marriage is like conflict with each other like that's the that's the thing is that when people are like you know gay marriage hurts the straights like well straight marriage hurts the straights like there's no there's no straight marriage that is the version of straight marriage there's also people who say that gay marriage hurts the gays yeah oh and i am one of those people actually i would i could definitely get into that but um but i won't I won't because that's not this podcast. That's not this hot take. But to try to keep on track with financial domination, I mean, I certainly think that there are probably people for whom that is an element of their relationship, an element of their perhaps married relationship. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a useful comparison for people who can't, who claim that they can't wrap their minds around the concept of financial domination of, you know, expecting money for just being who you are. I mean, there's one way of putting it or, or, uh, you know, a, a, a satisfaction that two people might have where one person gives the other person money and the, the, the turn on, or the satisfaction that they get is from the transaction mm-hmm. that happens in marriages all the time. And in a way for some people, 
marriages can be a way to sort of establish that that is what your expectations of your dynamic will be. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to complicate that because I think that the in the 1950s understanding of heterosexual marriage American marriage American yeah, yeah. heterosexual marriage there there isn't the same power dynamic that we're talking about when we talk about financial domination that right. the, the money is that's being handed over is like an allowance it's like a right it's right, not right. like this money is unearned or this money is in excess of your labor mm. or in excess of what the market claims your labor is worth and right. that's I think that's like the key right is that this money is in excess of what the what the market tells you your value is or the value of your labor is and and that's what makes it to me exciting and to me breaking social rules and so that doesn't that doesn't necessarily happen in our traditional understanding of marriage yeah um true but like if we're looking for an allegory to like help people understand financial domination perhaps one that is more accessible to people who haven't done sex work uh is working in the service industry mm -hmm. and that this happened for me many times where someone leaves you a tip that is far in excess of what you expect or what is socially expected or what is, right what is socially expected um and what is considered the value of your labor like uh and so the thrill that the person gets who's leaving that tip, mm. it, I mean, again, it can take all kinds of forms. But let me tell you, I have done this in a, as a, <laughs> many times, right? Same. As when I have the extra cash and I like get to hand it over to like a server or, you know, yeah. um, uh, many different uh, service industry situations. Yeah. I've done it where I've like, put it in the bill and then left and like watched through the window because <laughs> <laughs> I hope that that's not like creepy but um it's okay if it maybe is. it is well I mean you know I don't want to it is creepy and maybe I shouldn't have done that but I just really wanted to um I know the joy of receiving that money and I I don't know what that person's situation is. I don't know whether they need it, how much they what need kind it, of difference it will what make kind of difference it will night. make in their night. But I, but I know like, you know, this one specific time, like seeing the joy on their face, like, uh, and also you're not like handing it to them and waiting for them mm. to show you that they, truly appreciate how much like like that's another thing that people do right when you're working in service they like right they're like look at this money i'm giving you i right. hope you see how cool i am for giving you all this this big tip you know yeah and that is expecting something from you in that's exchange right. That's right? right right and that's why i left the restaurant this one time or like i have off i usually when i <laughs> when i leave a big tip i don't like wait around to see the person's reaction i only did it this one time but but yeah that's the I, whole maybe point. it would be creepy if you like called up the restaurant and you're like hey uh have you gotten any like big tips today how did it make you feel oh my god <laughs> i mean it is a it is a public place that you're standing outside of the window of and maybe looking through the window of a public restaurant is not an unethical thing to do i i'm very 
um, have strong feelings about sure. watching people when they don't know you're watching them. So of course, even in public, like for me, that is, you know, something that feels really uh, violent mm. um, in many situations. Um, but to get back to this, that that that's what that's what that that's a feeling that I think is very similar to the feelings that go along with financial domination is when there's no expectation attached right to the handing over of the money so how can people try it I mean maybe we just said away (laughs) (laughs) no I mean you know tipping your server is not the same as um getting turned on necessarily true um i can't speak for everybody but but to me that's not the same well those many of the thrills are similar and i also want to say that i also want to say that doing something because it gives you a thrill or turns you on is not necessarily like always a creepy thing to do if you know how to keep that thrill private it, mm-hmm. Like, even if you are in public, mm-hmm. right? Um, and um, so if you know if you know that leaving someone a little bit of extra money is going to give you that little, like, tingle, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that there's anything unconsensual or unethical about that on, unless you're, like, no, I deman- mean, demanding to be, to be seen by that person. Yeah. You know, maybe, like coming in all the time and then like expecting a certain kind of treatment or a certain kind of attention. Yeah, totally. That's, that's lame. Don't do that. Don't do it. Um, I, you know, I'll be willing to hear arguments Mm. about that too, but I think you're right. Um, but, uh, how, but so how can people try it? (laughs) well again I don't know if this is something that is always sex work I don't know yeah well I mean okay I mean we talked about this already but just because financial domination is a fetish that involves money Mm -hmm. does not mean that the exercising of this fetish is always sex work or always involves sexual labor I mean I think that's true I can't, again, I think I'm just limited by the fact that everyone I know who has done this um, has have felt that it had some connection to sex work. Like, even the people I know who didn't um, necessarily identify as sex workers or do sex work on a regular basis. But this is what I'm saying about marriage. Like, I'm imagining sort of like a... Like a, an, uh, an extreme um maybe not extreme but sort of like a melodramatic um scenario where you have a heterosexual married couple and the wife um just like loves her furs and you know diamonds are her best friends and Mm -hmm. um you know uh like wants you know extravagant gold-plated fancy things and her husband uh uh you know works in a fucking hedge fund or whatever and just has like way more money and like it has old money and there's more money than he could possibly know what to do with and they have a dynamic where like a very uh consensual maybe even negotiated dynamic where um like every 
moment it's like 24 7 ds essentially where um yeah he the, lavishes her with gifts he lavishes her with gifts sure. and she and she maybe she's like a domineering bitch about it and like puts out her hand and like expects her allowance i mean i'm now i'm just fantasizing yeah, you're just writing it you're just writing a fantasy <laughs> welcome um uh yeah i'm definitely yeah okay so um uh so is that relationship a relationship of sexual labor you know what is the difference between a marriage with this consensually mutually beneficially negotiated Mm -hmm. fetish being indulged on the regular it just depends if they're turned on or not yeah right it It but if they're but if they're turned on it's not sex work no i'm saying it's financial domination if they're but is it sex work is this fantasy scenario that I'm talking about, is it sex work? Because, you know, think... if people are married, then the sex work can't be happening between them. I'm just joking. That's right. obviously not true. Right. Yeah. Again, give me your hottest take. I got, I, I can go either way on that. I don't have a, I'm not going to analyze some, this imaginary situation and say it is or it isn't. Yeah. Um, it's too gray. You know, it, I think it would really depend on the dynamics between those people and Cool. And the way they think about the things that they're doing. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like that who don't think about any of this shit at all. Oh, yeah. and But that's also like, you know, we can talk about queer identity, right? Being in all kinds of words we use to describe our identities that are really dependent on um, who we're talking to. Right. And if you are living your life in a way that those words just don't make sense in terms of who you're trying to communicate with. Right. But the things you're doing maybe look very similar or the ways that you think about yourself might even be very similar to people who are using a different kind of language to describe themselves. Like, you know, that's where the symbol breaks down. Oh shit. (sighs) What? (laughs) You knew we'd get back there. (laughs) The chairness of chair. The chairness of chair. Uh, um, <laughs> words only have the fir- meaning the, if other people understand them. The furnace of furs. Oh, the the Cadillac of, of Cadillacs. Yeah, man. Um, okay, but we could also say, how can people try it? Yeah. Well, another thing people can try um, very easily at home is fucking cash fetish. I mean get yourself some $1 bills. Like literally this is what makes it so exciting to me is like, it is not about the amount of money. Either. Right. That's really interesting. It is like, actually it's funny. You asked about coins. I have done this with coins. I have done this with like a jar full of coins, mm. you know, of like rolling in it and shit. Like that feels good. Yeah. Slash gross. I mean, I know it's dirty. I it's- mean, I <laughs> I'm so, so obviously very concerned about um, <sighs> dirt. No. I, I, I also, like, I, there are many ways that I've done this, but coming home from work with a roll of cash has always been a big part of this for me. And then what I do with the money when I get home. Yeah. Putting it in my fucking makeup box, in my jewelry drawer. Yeah. Um, and, like, throwing it in the air like walking home walking with it in your boot it, which is dangerous yeah uh and feels dangerous yeah in a way that can be exciting um when i was doing sex work 
and was still pretty poor, I would often take long bus rides home mm. from a job with some cash in my backpack. Yeah. And I would like hold it. Yeah. On the way home, you know, and maybe that's maybe that's sort of where this starts for me is like the like being poor, getting paid in cash, knowing how fucking valuable that cash is to you, like yeah. how much more valuable it is to you than it is to the person who gave it to you. Yeah having a fear of its being gone again, you know, that feeling of scarcity, giving it extra value. And, and, and so trying to fight against that feeling by throwing it around. Right. I mean, this also reminds me of my conversation with Jenny Zhang, where we were talking about body fluids Mm -hmm. and like how many fetishes are around um, the idea that like socially you have to contain all of these secretions Mm -hmm. and then if you have the chance to just like splooge them everywhere yeah um how satisfying yeah that can be yeah totally totally and there's something about like you know rubbing cash up against my like wet and wild nail polish and (laughs) like paste jewelry yeah that's like where I'm like that's like some visceral thrill that I can't fully explain yeah (laughs) <laughs> I mean <laughs> so people can try cash fetishism um I yeah just like what happens when if you if you have like a just like you know twenty dollars in ones and you objectify that cash what do you do with it yeah yeah um if people have a like a domination and submissive power exchange you can also play you could play games with cash where somebody actually um uh, princess callie's book enough to make you blush which we also talked about on the show i i actually was i it it wasn't that i was it's a book about um erotic humiliation Mm. and it has like a million suggestions for ways to play which is great and uh it wasn't that I was surprised to see a chapter on financial domination in there, but I just really appreciated the way that she framed it. And it doesn't always have to be about humiliation. Mm-hmm. Just like pegging doesn't always have to be about yeah. humiliation. But um, um, I loved her framework for that. And, and she has so many uh, ingenious ideas of, of the way that cash can... Uh, be a reward it can be used as an element of withholding it Mm -hmm. can um be sort of like a a weird almost like a like a predicament bondage thing where you have to like get through something uh gross or disturbing to or difficult to get to the cash um Mm -hmm. oh man i also am remembering uh one of my first clients, who we called Jean the Spy, he was Canadian, and he had this. I loved him because I love like anybody with like an elaborate role play, as you know. Um, <laughs> uh, and he he wanted to be. Um, he basically wanted to be like the prisoner like he was the spy but like we were like the enemy and we had captured him and so we had to like tie him up and like interrogate him and torture him to try to get information out of him um but the information was about where he had hidden like the the, basically the money stood in for like 
like like espionage intelligence yeah right so so he, and he basically he would like show up and then he would hide the session fee ah. in like small increments all over the room yeah and so then we would have to torture him until he revealed where something was hidden and then we would go and like lift up you know like a leather hood or something and there would be yeah. like fifty dollars in there awesome. and then yeah. and then we'd be like this is only a part of the puzzle like and then how it came torturing him which yeah which was fun although this is this like meta thing that like has always bothered me with sex work um where i guess i i would have felt most comfortable in that scenario with something else standing in for the cash mm. whereas obviously for him the power that we have been talking about for mm -hmm. the last hour the 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 um, the cash as something more real mm -hmm. outside of the fantasy mm -hmm. made the fantasy more exciting or real to him so yeah. if it had been fake cash or a prop that stood in for um you know yeah. like a fucking maltese falcon or something like that like yeah. like it wouldn't have he had incorporated it into the story. And I don't think it was one of those guys. I mean, it, sometimes guys want to do that because they want to pretend that they're not actually giving you money and they don't like that. They don't actually have to pay for it. So yeah, that they, totally. so sometimes there's something where it's like, they don't want to give you the envelope or they don't want to do it the way that you are telling them that the house says that you have to give them money right off the bat. Right. So because they are feeling like the handing over of the money is the handing over of a power that they're uncomfortable giving up. Right. Which is this feeling of entitlement to sex. Women's uh, bodies. Yeah. Time yeah. with women, attention yeah. from women. I mean, I'm, yeah. When we've both experienced this many different ways. Like, yeah. There's also, there's like a bachelor party game that we would play where, um, like, dudes all hide money on the body of the bachelor which has many layers. This game has many layers wow. and it can be um, very lighthearted. And I mean, to me, it's kind of boring. Just like <laughs> how many blazes could it be hidden? Really? It's like, it's going to be fucking, you know, in the waistband of his fucking underpants. Like that's where it's going to be. Yeah. Just every time. Like you're not And you have to original. be like, <gasps> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Really, the entire game, the, like, thing you have to do in this game, actually, is, like, how long can I, like, build up to the fact that I'm just going to take it out of your underpants? Like, that that's where I'm, like, this is where I'm really earning this money in a way that is, yeah. like... Prolonging. It's edging. Because it's edging. It's yeah. financial domination edging. And also, like, you better put more than $5 in there. Also, how probably part of it is, like, how long can I restrain myself from making a joke about finding it in your butthole? <laughs> I mean, because that's the... I mean, that's I the place to fucking hide it. <laughs> that is not where I would go with it at all. Oh, that's well. really funny. 
This September, the theme at the Pleasure Chest is Fall in Lust. To celebrate the beginning of warm, indoor, cuddly months, they're showcasing their incredible Pleasure Ed program. This month, as with every month, you can attend absolutely free workshops in New York City, Chicago, and Los Angeles. New Yorkers can check out Tantra for Beginners with Reed Mahalko, Wednesday, September 20th, or How to Drive a Vulva with Allison Moon on Thursday, September 21st. Allison, Reed, and I will all be speaking at the Sex Expo in Brooklyn, September 23rd and 24th, along with Jacqueline Friedman and a host of other Pleasure Chest educators. Pleasure Chest workshops are always free, and attendees get 15% off anything they want to buy in the store that night. The full workshop lineup and so much more is available at www.pleasurechest.com. There's this really beautiful burlesque piece by Dirty Martini where she pulls like a string of dollar bills out of her butt. Awesome. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Okay, I will, I'll allow that usually, I mean, dollar bills don't have a flared base, but, uh, you know, in this case. They're not, I don't think they're actually in her butthole. I think they're just like, uh, but what do I know? I didn't see her prepare for it. I mean, it did kind of, but I never noticed that detail. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Dirty Martini, if you're listening. I know. Actually, a great magician never reveals her tricks. Right, right. Um. Yeah, that bachelor party game had those elements of like what you're talking about where you're like, who has the power here? And that's that's where it can be like really uncomfortable, really annoying, really. But also those other guys have to like lift up their dude friend's jock, uh, not jockstrap, of course. Oh man, Tina, there's where my brain is going. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm in this. That's what everybody wears to bachelor parties, right? Is jockstraps. Well, oh, and so oftentimes what would happen is like, you know, they'd like put the money on him, sit him in a chair. Um, we'd like take that money. And the, the actually, so what's interesting about so many of these bachelor party games is that the thrill for them is in seeing him be uncomfortable. Right. And oftentimes it's like, this is a straight dude with a lot of traditional ideas about straight marriage, um, who is, you know, doing this kind of ceremony, with many connotations of like traditional gender roles and sure. and all this stuff um and has this fear of like this need to be bad to align like there's like right oh. so often they're like playing with this line of you know ideas about cheating and um, I don't know how they talk to their partners about that experience. I mean, they usually I'm sure it's, don't. It's well, usually, I'm sure it's different for, uh, for each of these people. But I think I, I do think in a lot of in a lot of situations, uh, it's tacitly accepted. Or yeah, I don't know. I'm not 
I don't I don't have enough experience. Or it's like, oh, I, well, I mean, but part of the scenario that you're describing is that he's like being forced. Like his guy friends are like, we got you this stripper. You can't say no. Oh, and now she's going to like be touching you. But you're like, oh, no, I'm I'm like, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's the line. That's the line that we're often playing with is like right. the the and the guy friends often have a similar situation not always but but many of the times that I've been in this circumstance it's like the dudes are like no I have a girlfriend like don't touch me like pay attention to the bachelor and Mm. the bachelor's like I'm getting married tomorrow or next week um like I'm I'm gonna sit on my hands I'm gonna make this a story where I'm not an active participant right and the guys are like the guy friends are like putting the money on him like while i'm there they're like putting it on his body so that i will you know take it out of it's not always in his underpants sometimes it's like in a shirt you know or like and even just that amount of um touching is like uncomfortable that's super weird. Bachelor parties are super weird. I mean, because they can also go the other way where there's like all kinds of entitlement happening. I've had that experience less frequently than, than Interesting. this other experience. Yeah. I want to know so much more about that. Oh my God. I know. Should we t- talk bachelor parties? No. That's, that's... Why are people into bachelor parties? <laughs> I know. Don't ask me. I'm obviously... <laughs> just say, It's kind of funny to talk to me about financial domination too because I am not a person who gives money in that way like you, like really to understand the fetish you would probably want to talk to people um who are on the other side of it whereas my mine is really the cash fetish i think and i mean but you were just describing a scenario of did you get a sexual thrill do you get a sexual thrill when you leave extra tips for service industry no, people it's not a, it, that's for me that's definitely not about sex that is um i'd say that the there is a kind of um, thrill of breaking class boundaries, like of the fact that I have enough money to right. do this, right? which is like a reversal of roles that I've played in my life, right? And, and that has something in common with the thrill I get when I'm taking money in a sexual context, but it is not the same and it is not sexual. Me. I mean, we both know that the wealthiest that that generosity and wealth are inversely proportional. Oh, there's all these studies about that. I mean, I you know, anecdotally, I have found that. Well, I mean, th- we can all say that working uh, at, at the rich restaurant, the fucking rich part of town at the coffee shop, like you get way fewer tips yeah. than you do um, when you're serving working class people. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. So my last question is, do you feel that understanding the way that financial domination, you know, has a, has sort of a fetish world around it or a fetish lexicon around it and also has a sex word that, fi- that financial domination has a increasingly thriving sex work community particularly online um Mm -hmm. around it has made you better with money or helped you to understand 
money or class better or in a different way? Yeah, these are different. You're now asking me very different questions, right? Being <laughs> better with money is one thing. Understanding money is another thing. Understanding class is a third thing. Yeah. So that's a that's a book that <laughs> that we'll hopefully we'll write someday together. Um, but so if you just ask me whether participating in financial domination has made me better with money, I can very definitively tell you no. Mm. Uh, because for me, the key part of financial domination is undoing the ideology that says there's a version of using money that's better than another version. Right. And that the version of the, like, the better with money version means accumulating it and right you know and spending it uh wisely right or, or why right yeah. like quote unquote wisely in a way that maintains the um you know financial marketplace around you right while establishing your position in that marketplace like all of that shit is so in opposition to the experience that i have when i'm participating in financial domination that being said like when I got that $42,000 I fucking paid off my student loans hell yeah <laughs> so that's not being better with money though that's just having money you could have spent that money on a lot of different things sure and many times when I've gotten a chunk of cash oh and I didn't spend it all on student loans like let's be clear I spent some on champagne and lip gloss yeah you know, and fucking high heels and stockings and other things that give me thrills. Um, but, but that's the thing is that this idea is so ingrained in us that like, if you, um, if, if you're not paying your bills, it's cause you're bad with money. And it's just like, no, it just means you don't have money. Like rich yeah. people don't just spend all their money first on practical things or people True. whose bills are paid off don't necessarily just spend all their money first on quote unquote practical things. It, they have enough money yeah. that they feel comfortable doing that, paying off those bills. Yeah. Whereas it's like, if you don't this, and this is what makes me insane about so much policy around you know food stamps and this kind yeah. of thing like welfare queens well i mean like let's not even go there because yeah. that's a whole other yeah thing to untangle but but i'm talking about like soda tax or the idea mm. that you shouldn't that we should make it so food stamps can't be spent on candy right 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 and right. and to me that is saying that like if you're poor, you don't deserve pleasure. Uh, yeah, or that if and that like also, did, wasn't it Paul Ryan that said that if people can afford iPhones, they can afford yeah, healthcare. Right, 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 right. I mean, that's a whole other thing of like total lack of understanding of what money means or how it can be used or math. Um, but but also this very like condescending idea that uh, poor people don't know how to spend their money right. correctly. That they're lazy. I mean, and and you can even just like dissect this without even getting into this. There's a thousand stereotypes, right? Say they like I'm not part of them. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But that but that's the stereotype, like yeah. Um. And so, for me, that's a really key piece of yeah. cash fetish and financial domination is like undoing mm. all of those ideas. 
you can't ask me anything about a fetish without me getting really <laughs> serious uh, and political about it. But man, I really, um, I really did. I can't even make a joke about that. Yeah. Yeah. You've come to the right place. Um, I think that learning about financial domination from what fin doms as, as they're, as they're known, uh, or as they self identify on the internet, what the thing that I feel that I've learned that, um, or that financial domination has helped me with in my like non fantasy life mm-hmm. um, is the confidence to say that I deserve money. And I think mm-hmm. that it has helped me with confidence in salary and wage and contract negotiations. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, just because I feel like I deserve the money and also realizing that um, that men are socialized to think that they deserve it and then they get it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and so that goes back to exactly what I'm saying, which is undoing the um, ideas of what money is and what it means is a key piece of it. But so one thing that is true for me about what you're talking about negotiating how much you're going to be paid for something asking for more money for a thing that that is also about knowing that the money is not does not have equal value to the person who's giving it to you Mm. that it does to you that money does not have empirical value Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we can talk about you know how much money what's the price of a gallon of milk right and that's one way we can talk about money and say oh it has a real value but when you're talking about negotiating what your labor is worth um we can say that there's like marketplace pressures or whatever that's not real no it's not and when you're poor you and you've internalized all these ideas about like oh I'm poor or my family's poor because we are lazy or because we are whatever. I mean, there's so many attributes of class, not least of which is parlance as we began this uh, show talking about that are used as excuses for why you don't have money, right? Or told to you that these are reasons you don't have money. And so, so, Maybe part of if we're really talking about being better with money and what that means, maybe one of the things it means is knowing that its value is not intrinsic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also think in my early days of sex work that I came I came to sex work as um, a very anti-capitalist, anti-materialist person, which I still am. And I think that part of the way that I dealt with that was um, by feeling like I didn't want to, um, accumulate any of that money and, um, and, and not, uh, not that I spent all of it, um, or I think actually at the gates where we worked together that we, there was a mug with a cowboy saying all of my money I spent, I spent all my money on 
booze and women and the rest I wasted. <laughs> that sounds like you should probably have that tattooed on yourself. Somewhere. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I, uh, yeah, so I, I think that um, that that I had internalized um, a lot of um, uh, ideas that I didn't deserve to have mm-hmm. money, and also that I like wouldn't want it if I had it. Right. Um, yeah. uh, and and I think that the um, I think I did myself a disservice by thinking that if I kept myself in the dark about investing or uh having a retirement fund or even like putting that money in the bank um that uh that I would be somehow uh like like uh free I think it's really hard because money is often the way that we interact with systems that we think of as evil and that we have to interact with those systems. And then there's all these arguments about whether, like there's these philosophical arguments about whether the the most ethical thing to do is to give away as much as you can to the point of subsistence. Right, Uh, right, right, right. Whether that's the best thing to do or whether the better thing to do is to accumulate um, wealth. thrive. Well, to accumulate wealth so that you have more economic power to then distribute then better distribute your wealth, distribute it, you know, or distribute other things of value, like services or, uh, start foundations, right? Like study things and write books and speak about or make art. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think it comes back again when a thing that I think you can't forget is, um, that, uh, this idea of deserving, uh, that it's okay to have pleasure and it's okay to frivolously spend your money so that you can have some pleasure even when you don't have much money, you know, and that that doesn't make you a bad person, but also that you deserve, you probably deserve to be paid more than yeah. you are. That like that I, def- whole, I definitely do. I mean, don't we all? But that whole concept of deserving is such yeah. bullshit. Like, yeah. That there is no deserving. Like that's maybe more a better way of thinking about it is that when you are poor, you're told over and over again, it's because you don't deserve things. And if you get rid of the idea that some people deserve things and some people don't, it's easy to just ask for more than you think they're going to give you. Or just to take it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to compare money to sex again, um, I, I, I mean, I think that I have had like an inferiority complex around uh like jobs and money where I'm like oh I'm so grateful that you would even give me money so I'll just take whatever you're gonna give me uh which feels sort of like maybe some errors in my life where I'm just like oh you want to have sex with me like let's have sex because I'm so like grateful to be validated Sure. oh man and that gotta get past that man I did yeah (laughs) (laughs) with both things I think yeah no. Yeah, thanks. Um, and now I'm going to give a it. TED Talk about it. I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay. Lorelai. Yes. We did it. Oh, my God. We finally made this podcast that we've been talking about for a year. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that we did. I think that we'll probably... This podcast, this episode will probably change the world. <laughs> um, uh, and... 
I'm going to let you go walk your dog. I know. My puppy needs me. Um, so if people want to find out more about your work, they should find out only through the authentic yeah. uh, means, of, which are uh, Twitter and Instagram, where you are M-I-S-S, Lorelai Lee. Yep. Um, not M-S. I have sometimes tried oh. to find you, and then I'm like... Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It didn't yeah. occur to me that those could be confused. It's fine. I found you. Miss. M-I-S-S. Yep. Lorelai Lee. Um, like, you're going to miss me. <laughs> um, I'm or, not funny. Or like don't you, miss a, the opportunity yeah. <laughs> to give your money to Miss Lorelai Lee. The best thing about talking to you is, like, I'm really not a funny person. You make me feel like I am. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> that's not the best part of talking to you. It's one one of great I mean, I'll take choice. <laughs> Well, I'm certainly not giving you any money, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't tell anyone. I'm I'm paid dramatic sums for my art. Oh yeah, well right? I know I even made you pay for your own coffee. Jeez, <laughs> fuck is wrong with me? Um, um. <laughs> okay, so those are the places that you are online. You don't really have a website, do you? I don't. I don't That's have a cool. website. Um, is there like a, 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 a place that you would like people to read your writing? Well, um, yeah, I really should make a website that just like links out to my various pieces of writing. I mean, I have something up on the entitlement from about a month ago that the establishment. Oh my God. The entitlement. <laughs> I love that. I just you should said actually that. maybe make a website called the entitlement. Yeah. I, Yeah. You wrote Whoa. something uh, that was on the establishment the recently. Establishment, yeah, that's funny. Anyway. I mean, it's an it's an ironic name anyway. But um, right. so uh, that um, that is uh, yeah, like a giant subtweet of Rashida Jones. I mean, that was my original title was right. subtweeting Rashida Jones. Right, right, right. Because that's what I am doing all the time on Twitter. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's like my my. <laughs> I don't know. Like at this point, my public persona is really just about rage. But great, uh, it's one of the it's one of the deadly sins. Uh, boobs and rage. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. you should you, maybe you should make a, a website with. Links I know to I have writing. been saying that. I mean, I own several domain yeah. names, and I just never built it. Um, I probably should. I think Squarespace is sponsoring the podcast still. So, you know, I think I can safely endorse Squarespace and tell you to use Squarespace to make it. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. It's really easy. Yeah, that's that's an idea. Yeah. Cha-ching. See? Look at that. Holy. <laughs> Literally, this conversation is making Product that Squarespace money. Placement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were not. To open up a, a cool, refreshing bottle of Squarespace. <laughs> Um, uh, so that's it. That's That's it. That's it. That's That's where you are. That's where you are. Um, if somebody wants to give you money, how should they do it? Right now you can't give me money. I don't, I have a perv out pay. Let's, let's product place them too. Cause they're awesome. Perv out pay. Oh, I haven't even heard of that. Yeah. So a friend of mine, um, Lance Hart made this, um, you know, it's a, it's a, Fucking. app well i don't actually don't know if they have an app but it's a it's a place where you can give people money 
um, on a, the a payment processor is the phrase I was looking for. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So it's like it's like PayPal or um, you know Square Cash, all of these things, except that all of the pretty much any other payment processor that you can think of will kick off sex workers. I mean, literally, they wouldn't let me, um, you know, accept money from my mother. Uh, right, right, yeah. right. For yes, yeah, yeah. Um, when she was like paying for a ticket for something and uh they were just like yeah like no reason they just won't process square cash yeah 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 yes this is and many I people wrote, have written about oh it. my god yeah, yeah i can't yeah. even get into it it fills me with rage i'm just like just because because this is the exact same issue as like covering up that picture in the armory of right. us fully clothed lying on cash and i guess we didn't say this on air but that it was covered because some people who were using the building for another purpose than like for filming a quote-unquote mainstream production they wanted to cover this picture of two women fully clothed lying on cash because they thought it was indecent uh somehow and i mean i guess it is but but so so frequently the idea is that everything that a sex worker does is indecent right that our very existence especially being proud but you don't even have to be proud for people to think that you're obscene. That is true. And it doesn't, and like, you know, we can, yeah, it does, literally does not matter. It does not matter what kind of sex worker you are. It doesn't matter where you are in the hierarchy. It doesn't matter mm. whether you think what you're doing is better than what someone else is doing. Like, the world still thinks you are obscene, indecent, yeah. Yeah. disgusting. Um, and, including the payment processors like so anyway out pay is the solution to that is a um payment processor run by sex workers hell yeah yeah so i have one i haven't really set it up um so right now you can't give me money <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> maybe that someone someday can find you a way. can again um yeah i gotta get one i hope people yeah. will give me money um, all my wonderful patrons give me money, actually. Um, I do have Venmo. And actually, I have received some some monies from that recently. Well, it's probably more fun if it takes more effort to figure out how to pay you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. It's like a scavenger hunt <laughs> or a scavenger <laughs> cunt. Yes. Anyway, um, thank you so much for getting on the mic today. Yes. Thank you for inviting me to come here and discuss it with you. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Bye, Lorelai. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.